Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Would you consider yourself a, a decent dancer, Lucky? Would you get up and uh, cut a rug? Uh, no, in my, in my heyday... I think I, you I, shake could, I could shake a little bit, but uh, but those days have long passed. <laughs> you don't want to throw out a hip. Oh, if I shake something now, it doesn't stop jiggling for a little while. That's the problem. It'll fall off. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, I In my own mind, I don't think I'm bad. Like, I would never get up and fast dance. I, I don't. If I have, I've been really drunk and probably at a wedding. Right. Mostly, though, it's a slow dance or whatever. And I think at weddings... Marie and I have uh, attempted to do like waltzes or whatever those are, you know, at the beginning, especially with Italians, will play all of that music early on. And it's funny because I watch people dance. I see them do it. And it seems like they can flow in motion together. And right. I, I've seen lovely Maria dance with her brother at these weddings and such. And I, it looks like they're, you know, oh. moving. I, we get on the dance floor and it's like all of a sudden she's become my instructor. <laughs> She's leading, and I'm more like just walking with her around the floor. And I go, listen, it seems to me I'm doing exactly what everybody else is doing. Right. Why am I doing it wrong? Right. Confidence and coordination. Yeah. Two keys there. I mean, I can, I, I probably my best dancing days were in high school. Remember when we did some low, uh, slow love song would come on and you do the hands on the bum cheek of the right. girl and her, her hands up on your shoulders. I wasn't really dancing as much as it was just turning in a circle, circle and try, trying <laughs> to copy a feel. Trying to make sure she doesn't feel something growing in your pants. <laughs> I remember there was this one girl in high school, it was a high school or junior high, we were having a dance. And she was so pretty, and I was crazy about her. And uh, I think I finally got up the courage to ask her to dance, and she said uh, she said yes. And uh, immediately when we started dancing, you know, you're you're in grade eight, so you're a flagpole all the time to begin with. And all of a sudden, my my jeans are expanding like a tent, and I'm I'm trying to push away from her more and more. <laughs> I'm like, please. God, let this song end and it's Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> what is that, a pack of Mentos? <laughs> she gives me this look like, what is going on with you? Or maybe that time it was certs. <laughs> Half a pack of certs. <laughs> Anyhow, if you're a bad dancer, uh, you can blame your parents. It is said it's partly genetic. Um, about uh, 600,000 people's DNA uh, stats were taken from uh, sites like 23andMe. And they identified 69 different genetic variants associated with rhythm. And they found about a quarter of these variations are hereditary, meaning they've been passed down from your parents. So if they can't dance, you can't dance. Okay. In other, but, but the reverse is also true. That if your parents are terrific dancers or can play a musical instrument, chances are you're going to have that same pattern. Oh, okay. And, and that must be true of, like, sports, too. If your dad was a really good athlete, chances are you might be uh, good as well. It could happen, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I do mostly the uh, the overbite dance. <laughs> you look like Trump with the shoulders. What's going on? I'm the best dancer ever. I'm really, I'm really good. Everybody's saying I'm a really good dancer. Last night there was a ceremony at the Duke Ellington School of Arts in D.C. where they were going to supposedly name the theater after one of its famous alums, Dave Chappelle. 
Dave did attend the ceremony, but he threw everybody a curveball. He told them the theater will not be named after him. Instead, it'll be called the Theater for Artistic Freedom and Expression. Oh. It'd be funny if they already had put Dave Chappelle Theater on top of the building and say, don't take down the sign, don't take down the sign. Right. Or the uh, the uh, the drapery over it. Um, and the reason for this is because students at the school protested naming the theater after Dave because of his comments about trans people in his Netflix special, The Closer. Yeah, this was a controversy last year. So he held an assembly at the school at the Kids Speak Their Mind, and he said at last night's ceremony that uh, the students sincerely hurt him. He admitted that uh, from the backlash he got from them. So he huh. said no to the school. Hey, speaking of comedians hurt, Chris Rock was in town last weekend. Oh, yeah? And, uh, yeah, and uh, and I guess he talked about the... Uh, the Will Smith debacle. Oh, really? As well as it's part of his show now. I didn't even hear that he was in town. Right. Well, we'd heard that he was coming. Uh, they sold they did tickets, but yeah. Hmm. I would have thought there would have been more buzz about that. Yeah. Jaws turned 47 uh, yesterday. It was released on June 20th, 1975. Wow. And uh, with it still that, holds up. Oh, it's still good. It's a great movie. It really is a great movie. But uh, a little myth busting for you. The line, we're going to need a bigger boat. For years, it was believed that Roy Schneider had um, uh, ad-libbed that line. Okay. But uh, a screenwriter uh, for the movie said that um, what happened was the Universal guys, the, the people behind the movie, gave the Jaws crew an inadequate support boat for the shoot. And they were always complaining they needed a bigger one. Pretty soon, needing a bigger boat became a catchphrase for anything that went wrong. Oh. And at some point, it made its way into the script. And Interesting. To this day, one of the uh, most well-known and remembered lines from that movie. Right. Did we learn, too, recently, the, the one of uh, Brody's kids, one of the, kid, the actors who played Brody's kid mm-hmm. in the movie, has now become the mayor. The, like the uh, is he the mayor or the sheriff? Oh, maybe he's the sheriff. Yeah, yeah, of that that town of, of that like Amity Bay or whatever yeah. they, wherever they filmed it. Yeah, Amity didn't do well. What with the Amityville horror, right? Yeah, they struggled in the seventies. Or maybe they just wanted people to stay out. Yeah, actually, speak of Amityville horror, that house, the real house, well, it was for sale, right? And they have redone it inside. It is uh, beautiful. Now, I, it was for sale at some point. Now, I don't know if they still got the gateway to hell. Right. <laughs> I would have, I would have left that there as a as an upgrade. That part we didn't rent out. That's right. Um, Elon Musk is going to have one chair at his uh, family dinners empty. One of his uh, children, Xavier Musk. She turned 18 in April and now wants to be known as Vivian Jenna Wilson, taking the last name of her mother, Justine Wilson. Elon and Justine were married from 2000 to 2008. Oh. She listed the reason for wanting the name change as um, gender identity and the fact that I no longer live with or wish to be related to my biological father in any way, shape, or form. Wow. Wow. And I think my kids hate me. <laughs> There's real no word as to why the relationship is strained. Although Elon has said, I absolutely support trans, but all the pronouns are tough to deal with. Okay. So maybe that's upset her. But that seems like a little thing to totally bail on the, the boat. Who knows? And then Elon Musk, he has a big boat. Right, yes. He's not looking for a bigger boat. So, yeah, there you go.
One table, uh, one seat open. Okay. At the uh, Musk table. I'd slide in. <laughs> have, have a nice meal on Elon. It is June 21st. And with that, I believe this is our second year of celebrating Indigenous people. Have we done it for two years in a row uh, now? Well, I mean, uh, on the stations, yes. It's been going on for, I think, 26 years okay. now. This uh, National Indigenous Peoples Day celebrated on June 21st, the first day of summer. Well, just by me not even realizing that uh, proves a point in, in my ignorance of all of it. And I know that last year uh, we started talking about, you know, acknowledging it more. And, and it's right to do that. And we should do and that. last year was the first Truth and Reconciliation Day. Right. That's, you might be confusing with that at the uh, near the end of September. And, and, and the fact that, you know, I only know of it really in the last a couple of years shows my my ignorance and I feel shame over that. I, I also, in a way, feel disingenuous even talking about it because I know so little about it. And, you know, we get on the air and we talk about a variety of things. And I've had many people who've, uh, you know, emailed me and said, why don't you shut your mouth? You don't know what you're talking about. And uh, and then I just say, well, I'm going to talk louder then. Or, right. Get off yeah. your soapbox. You don't know. But in all honesty, as much as this is hugely important and it's of my own ignorance that I haven't looked into it enough, I really don't have a whole lot to say except that I understand through the stories we've heard over the last few years how absolutely horrible these people were treated for decades and up until not that long ago. Right. Now, I will share this one story that I heard years ago. It is just a small example, a very tiny but horrible example of the way we treated indigenous people up until the 1960s the beer store had something called the indian list Mm -hmm. this was the drunks in town that they weren't allowed to sell beer to and they called it the indian list like so disgusting right well i mean it it started with the the indian act Mm. all right it was 1876 that that was passed and that is what basically took all the rights away from indigenous peoples, mm. right? So, you know, you are no longer self-governing. You have to follow the rules of the federal government. Mm. And, and you think about it, that was Crazy. 1876. It wasn't until 1960 that they were given the right to vote. Wow. So it was like, hey, you got to follow this government, but you have no say in making or forming that government. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting that you say, you know, you feel disingenuous or, or that you, you say that you've had people who reach out to you and, and scream at. I've had the same thing over the last couple of years, especially, you know, people who, who start at 100 now. There's no zero to 60 mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start at 100 with, with their, their thoughts and feelings on, on all topics. But a lot of that has been dominated by freedom mm-hmm. and, and by rights and, and what the people have been felt trampled on by the pandemic uh, and, and this government. Uh, so you would think that a day like today would mean even more if you recognize it. If you take a second mm-hmm. to stop and think what this day means. And, and as, you know, while some of it is about reconciliation and, and, and making good reparations for what has happened in the past, and we've learned so much about residential schools mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years and, and the horrors that happened there. And, and, it, and, you know, while we've learned about the bodies being found, go back to, you know, for many of us, things like uh, Janie Wenjack and, and what Gord Downey and the Tragically Hip uh, did to, to raise that story and awareness mm-hmm. of of people and young children who were taken from their families and put into these residential schools, you know, you would think 
you know, if you could take a second of pause mm. today and, and, and for all everyone to do that, those who've been screaming about their rights being trampled and, and screaming about their freedoms and where we are as a country. Good point. And to think, okay, well, wait a minute. You know, there's there's a stain on us as well. Yep. See, and almost you in some ways treat it like a remembrance day. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And, you know, and... and a remembrance not in what has been lost, but a remembrance of what we've taken away. Right. Right. And 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 to remember that, you know, and I, you know, Dave Matthews is playing tomorrow night at the uh, at the amphitheater at Bud Stage. And, and he has a song called Don't Drink the Water. And I've, I think I've told this story before on the air, but I, I heard um, him talking about the re, the point behind that song. Mm. And it's about Native history and American history. Um, but... You know, blood in the water is his way of saying that, you know, everything that we do and live by now has a little stain mm-hmm. into it in that we took something from someone and there was bloodshed in doing that, too. Right. We didn't just come in and claim it. We stole it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's what blood in the water means and don't the song is don't drink the water but it, you know the line is there's blood in the water yeah. and 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 that's it you know a lot of our history has been you know by thievery right yeah you know and when i speak of not knowing and so rather i'd rather almost not speak about it than try to act because it's an insult to anybody uh any indigenous person or people who know much more about it it's a complete insult to them for me to stand here and preach or tell people they should do things when I haven't done enough right. myself. And, you know, it's much like the Catholic Church and the Pope coming for two minutes to say sorry. Sometimes it's better because that seems so disingenuous. You know, well, sometimes it's better you just don't say anything than come and say, pat him on the head and say, really sorry about those residential schools. And then get back on a private jet and go home. Well, no, but it's also that he's not just doing it by his own right. He's doing it because they, that's what they want. But I right? think they wanted more from what I understood in but the news. Story. But at the very least, recognition yeah. from the highest member of the Catholic Church yeah, how about to a say sorry, right? Yeah. Well, the check is coming from Canada as well, and, and, right. and that's part of the, the Truth and Reconciliation Agreement. But you know, more importantly is the recognition. Sometimes you just want to be recognized that you were wronged. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I would also like to see the Catholic Church say step up and dole millions of dollars back into youth programs for indigenous children to help their lives get to a better place. Right. You know, saying sorry that I abused the hell out of you for decades doesn't do much. Showing real effort. I understand, but but you know, things happen in stages, and some of them right. very, very slow. Right. Uh, and listen, it's taken this long to get an apology. Right. Right. So it starts with that. Mm-hmm. We move beyond that as well. And, and you know, hey, listen, the next time you're out in an event and you hear uh, a land recognition mm-hmm. and a land acknowledgement being read, you know, I know my kids do it every morning yeah. uh, as part of the start of school day, right, yes. is a land acknowledgement. An acknowledgement that the land that you're on wasn't yours originally. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, while we may call it York, Durham, uh, you know, Toronto or Oshawa, whatnot, you know, it was taken from someone at some point. And, and so acknowledging it is the first step in apologizing and you, making better. You want to learn more? You certainly can at the um, uh, DurhamRadioNews.com. We have links to sites. You can look into stuff, and I should probably honestly start doing some reading today myself. A, uh, a fella says he finally kicked his addiction to Pepsi. 
And it was costing him over $700 a month. A month? That's an addiction to Coke, I believe. 700 bucks. Yeah. He got hooked on it uh, 20 years ago, and he's been drinking it every day since then. He works at a grocery store, so he has easy access. Okay. He was drinking, until recently, he was drinking 10 liters of Pepsi a day. A day? He says he was spending around 8600 bucks a year or more than 700 a month. Once again, this is not a Pepsi addiction. This sounds like a Coke addiction. Holy cow. Roughly $25 a day on Pepsi, uh, more than 170000 over the uh, course of 20 years. He realized he needed help with his weight, and when his weight kept ticking up and he passed the 250-pound mark, his doctors were worried about diabetes. The 220,000 cans of Pepsi he's had contain the equivalent of about 7 million sugar cubes. <laughs> so he went to a hypnotist, and they knocked it out in a single session. He's not sure what they did, but he didn't want Pepsi after that. It wasn't even in person. They did it on Zoom. We switched to Coke now? Yes. After the session, he drank his first glass of water in 20 years. <laughs> it's so funny when you get into bad habits and how even the slightest good habit seems revolting to right. us. Right, yeah. You know, if you're eating fast food every day and somebody drops a broccoli salad in front of you, you want to throw up. Right. Like, it's just what weird. What is this? So gross. Uh, he says he's dropped 40 pounds already and feels a lot better, I wow. guess. So. Well, and I, it must be infuriating, too, when you're addicted to something. And, and you know, if you let others know that you are, and their first response is, well, why don't you just stop? Mm. <laughs> mm. The addictions are just that. Yeah. I mean, I remember trying to give up, uh, give up cigarettes, and it took me a while to shake it. And I've spoken to a lot of people. Uh, over the years about quitting smoking. And I've always, and this was just my experience, but I've heard others say the same thing. A day comes when you just know. Mm. And I and I think whatever day that was or however I finally put the cigarettes down, I don't remember after that struggling with it. Because I think all the other, t- other times I wanted, that I thought I wanted to quit, I really didn't want to quit. Gotcha. So... Once I gave them up and, and knew I had, I, you know, I'm sure there must have been some. It's been a long time now. It was probably in my mid-30s when I quit. So there must have been probably a period of time where I did struggle with the nicotine draining out of my system. But it didn't seem to be that difficult. Where others talk about just the sweats and the horrible sick yeah. feeling they have. I had a couple of friends who quit. And gone back and then quit again. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's, listen, I, I always uh, feel very bad for anybody dealing with any addiction, but alcohol addiction in the world we live in has got to be one of the toughest to deal with because you can't smoke in buildings. You got to go outside. You really can't avoid cigarettes and you can avoid drugs if you want to, but just living a day to day life. You can't avoid alcohol. It's everywhere. If you go out for a meal, if you get invited to a friend's house, you know, it's always a temptation. It's always there. There's commercials enticing you to buy it. Well, the only one I think could be worse right now is gambling. Mm, right, right. Because, you know, now you should try and watch a hockey game without a sports betting Right. Uh, commercial. But going at least on. even with gambling, you can go to a restaurant in a friend's house and it's not in front of you. Right. Like you get invited to a barbecue, somebody's having a beer beside you. He's gonna, I bet he's going to burn those burgers. <laughs> <laughs> You're betting on everything. I feel, uh, I just feel, uh, for that, I, I, um, I feel bad. But then I've spoken to, I've worked with people, I know people who have 
have gone through AA and, and, and are, you know, dealing with their alcoholism every day because it's never gone away. And, and I, they say, much like smoking, eventually you just don't even think about it anymore. Right. You can be at a wedding and everybody at the table can be drinking and you don't have that, that craving. That seems amazing to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> You're the one starting the bottle. Yeah, I'm the one doing rounds and ordering. But uh, good on this guy. Wow. And I'll tell you, I, I mean, I do enjoy a cold Coke or a Pepsi on ice right. you know, every now and then. But but like putting 10 that, liters a day? Isn't that crazy? That's, a, that's like 10 of those big bottles, right? Five right. of them. Five of them. Five two-liter bottles. Wow. Like, that's chugging. Like, that really is... At mm. that point, you're just drinking it right out of that bottle. I'm surprised his teeth didn't rot out. Yeah. Sugar. Anyhow, good on him. 700 bucks a month he's got in his pocket now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe he can turn to alcohol. <laughs> I was just um, reading through some of our text, and I thought this was an interesting one. You had already responded to this uh, gentleman. A guy named Mike sends in a thought on uh, the passing of uh, Edward... Lake, the father of the three children, who died because of Marco Muzzo in his driving. And he asked the question, should Marco Muzzo be charged with his death? It's obvious he died because of the injuries he suffered that day. And then he makes the example, if you punch someone in the head and they die from that injury, six months later, you're charged with murder. There's a side of me that totally agrees with that. I mean, I know it can't happen, but he makes a terrific point. You know, obviously, the the suicide of this man comes from his broken heart over right. his three dead children. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a tragic story um, through and through, and and to hear of this this morning is it just absolutely kind of is a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel for that mother who was just recently she lost out. her whole family. Yeah, lost now her entire family, and she was just recently out at. Um, the sentencing of the other kid in Brampton who mm-hmm. killed uh, mm-hmm. a mother and, and daughters there. Uh, and I think, my, you know, my goodness, how much can one person take and mm-hmm. go through? Um, and, and the fact that it happened a day after Father's Day as well. Well, that's probably what... You know, I, I know a lot of people are enraged by this. doesn't help that Marco Muzzo's already out. Yeah. You know, released, uh, you know, last year, sort of six years for causing, you know, Four, four deaths. deaths. Yep. Uh, it's it's our, our, our laws are so Well, well there were four deaths already. Add this one to a fifth, yeah. right? Because there's yeah. three kids plus the, the mother, I think, or grandfather died. Yeah. And the grandmother yeah, suffered serious injuries. Brutal. We do more time for, you know, well, there was a time when pot was illegal. And so we could do more prison time for selling some weed right. than this. Our, and I don't know, I, you know, obviously you need the politicians in place to, to change the rules. It just seems ridiculous that someone gets out after six years for killing four people. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get in a car accident because you accidentally run a stop sign because you were looking at your phone, but you're sober as a judge and you're just on your way home. I get it. Horrible things happen to normal people all the time. You're on a three-day bender in Vegas, and you fly home after your stag weekend, and your buddies know that you're hammered, and they let you get in your SUV and drive home. All of his buddies should have been charged as well, mm. but that doesn't happen either. So. Well, and, and and the problem is it, it it's over that way, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the legal system has done what it's done, yeah, uh, and you know the those who live and and can't live with the consequences of it are left to suffer. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, it's it's very tragic. I just don't know what to say. The, the, no, I, the, the second much. you read it, it, it was just, I went, wow, that's, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. It really is. I can't imagine as a father what what that feeling, no one should ever have to know what that feeling is like. No, and that, that the mother just, now, how does she live the rest? Like, what does she do now? Does does she become, I guess, a warrior for for change in well, name of her children? I mean, she already has started to to okay. be, yes. What else could she ever focus on? Right. She's going to go back to work? Right. She posted a picture to social media on Sunday night, uh, you know, with flowers at, at, at the grave, mm. uh, just saying, you know, Father's Day shouldn't be like this. No, well, of course. No, yeah. it's, it's brutal, but we... Well, as long as Marco's okay. As long as he's healthy and happy, I guess that's what matters. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.